0: I've never been on mushrooms, I've only heard about it, but I remember feeling like I was in the center of a storm where everything was very, very peaceful. I felt like I could hear ants walking outside and just thinking like, holy did you really just ask me to do this?
1: There are some moments in life you never forget. For Fernando Meza, this was the moment, being asked to take over the marketing company he was working for. Fernando had wanted to be a boss since he was seven years old.
0: Money was always this thing that we worried about at our house, and I just never wanted to have to worry about it. I just always noticed that, you know, the people that were in charge, they were in some kind of a business. And so early on, I just said, you know what? I want to be that. You know, whatever that is, I want to be in business and I want to make money.
1: At just 34, Fernando realized his dream. Not in East L.A. where he grew up, Or in New York City, where he spent his 20s, but somewhere he would never have imagined. Traverse City, Michigan, population 15,000. I'm Tommy Andres, and this is Creative Coast. In this podcast, we look at some of the entrepreneurs who are making the small town of Traverse City their home and who have brought with them exciting new ideas, interests, inspirations, and innovations. Fernando Meza grew up a world away from Traverse City in California's San Fernando Valley.
0: Blue-collar family. My father worked. He worked in catering. And my mom got a job at a at a turkey factory, it was on the assembly line where they would pluck feathers out of turkeys.
1: Fernando's mom and dad immigrated to the U.S. from Mexico. And as the oldest of four boys, it was his job to help the family navigate this new world.
0: When you're the son of immigrant parents, you're always coming to educate your parents just because they don't know how to speak the, the language. I was the English speaker in the family my brothers wanted to go on a field trip, if they wanted to go on a sleepover, they had no concept to the culture of what that was. You know, whenever there was something that came in the mail, especially if it was a different color, uh, it was always like, yo, what does this mean? What do I do with this? This looks serious. And always just the expectation of, well, you go to school. You can figure this out.
1: There were lots of things to figure out, like this incident Fernando remembers when he was seven or eight.
0: Right at the beginning of the first Gulf War, the economy was kind of in the s**t. And my father had remembered that one of his first jobs, there was money taken out for this this account for his retirement. But he just didn't know what that was and what it was for. I remember working with my dad, calling his old employer, talking to their bookkeeper, and going through the series of questions and tasks of me having to pull old tax returns. And he would... Literally walk me through, go to line 43A and tell me what this number is. Go to line 101B and tell me what this number is, just so that we can get our hands on cashing out that annuity prematurely. And I'll never forget meeting this dude in the parking lot of that company and him handing me an envelope and looking at me and saying, you're going to be all right, man. That was when I, I realized that I wanted to be in business.
1: But first, there was school. What would you do if I sang out of tune?
0: A really cool school.
1: Would you stand up and walk out on
0: me? I went to John Burroughs High School in Burbank. Shout out to Wonder Years. If you ever remember that sitcom, it was filmed there.
1: And luckily for Fernando, that school had a business academy.
0: So by the time I graduated from high school, I had a business portfolio. I was actually the president of the business academy, which is not something that helps my social life.
1: But it did help him get into a really prestigious college internship program. The Emma Bowen Foundation promotes diversity in media. It partners students with big companies like ABC, Disney, and Universal. That company sponsors the students all the way through college. There was just one problem.
0: So I didn't know how I was going to pay for school, so I hadn't applied anywhere. And then I went through the interview process, got accepted into the program, and then I realized, oh, crap. I need to go to a school. They were like, well, so where are you going to go? Where have you applied?
1: And in true Fernando's style, he sorted it out.
0: I talked to my cousin who worked at Cal State Northridge in the admissions office. And we went together and he had a friend there. And this woman came out of some back office and said, so just, just tell me what your SAT score and give me $50 for your application fee and you're in. So that's how I ended up going to Cal State Northridge.
1: Fernando spent the next five years at school and working for ABC in the department that produced commercials for the network shows. He was also given some other responsibilities.
0: One of the oddest things was when I was in charge of hurting Mary Kay and and Ashley Olsen twins when they were still very young. It was for a TGI Friday special. They gave me a microphone with a walkie-talkie and said, you know, just make sure that when we call you that you bring them to this place. And just thinking how stressed out I was to just get that wrong. For fear of the whole production just being shut down But I remember that that was one of the early experiences that I had, just thinking to myself, where the hell am I right now? What the hell am I doing?
1: Yeah, having those billion-dollar twins, like, under your guard has to be a little bit stressful. (laughs) After the internship, Fernando went on to work as a courier at a production company in L.A., making his way up through the world of TV. He eventually gravitated to post-production and, like many before him, decided to move to New York.
0: It was a little tough in the beginning to be a freelancer in New York, but if you work in advertising or marketing, any opportunity you have to, to go to New York, I mean, that's you know the show. So you definitely want to get your ass out there.
1: So Fernando's in New York, working what some people might describe as a marketing dream job.
0: And Our job was basically throw parties outside of music festivals. So Smirnoff, Don Julio, uh, Johnny Walker, those are all brands of mine. And we would just travel the the country and and just do these different activations across the country with some really interesting music talent. So that was really cool.
1: That's great. It sounds like a tough job drinking and hanging out with rock stars. That's uh, (laughs) wow. And that job was about to take Fernando to Michigan for the first time.
0: One of the culminating events was a, a Madonna event in Detroit at the Fillmore big $2 million, $3 million gig, and she ended up just blowing us off the day before. And and I had a whole weekend to figure out what to do in Michigan, and that's when a friend of mine told me that I should come up to Traverse City.
1: So Fernando arrives in Traverse City, and luckily for him, it's just emerging from winter and spring is in the air.
0: A lot of the cherry orchards had started to blossom already. It was like a coming out party for Traverse City and me. A friend of mine came up and, and showed me around, she lived at the time in Cadillac with her boyfriend, and she was actually somebody that I went to high school with. And that's when I just absolutely fell in love with the community. I just I just remember driving around the bay, West Bay, and and realizing that I should stop looking at the water and focus on driving. I couldn't fathom where I was.
1: Fernando's Traverse City visit happened to coincide with a personal crossroad he had hit.
0: You know, you get to this point in your life where you're like, okay, what the hell am I doing? You know, like you're not really happy with anything that you've built around yourself. For me, it was coming to the realization that I had let things happen for me instead of making these things happen for myself. And finally realizing that I am the product of my own environment and I can curate the environment that I need. And so when that switch was flipped, there was no going back.
1: so back in New York, Fernando set about changing his life.
0: I never stopped looking for job openings in Trevor City. And, and uh, when finally, you know, one for this place called One Up Web popped up. And upon inspection, I was like, oh, this is an agency that's actually like doing some really cool stuff.
1: Fernando applied for a job at One Up Web and got it.
0: Later on, they told me that they were very suspicious of this person that was applying with my background and my pedigree. My old boss at the time at one point said, why are you applying for this job? And I was like, I just really don't want to go back to L.A. I don't want to stay in New York. So why not here?
1: But there was also another reason Traverse City appealed so much to Fernando.
0: Maybe that friend of mine that I told you about earlier had something to do with me relocating to Traverse City, but this is not that kind of a podcast. So we can talk about that later. This is totally that kind of podcast.
1: Okay, so this friend that shows you around for this weekend... Yeah. ...who you mentioned had a boyfriend who she was living with at the time. Yep. So we can't just yada yada that story. So tell, <laughs> tell,
0: tell me what played out there. I mean, we went to high school together. and I You can imagine that from a cultural perspective, growing up in Southern California and then finding yourself in, in Northern Michigan that there was a lot of alignment in our background you know we just became you know really really good friends and so um when i moved you know it took about a year for her to like decide that she didn't want to be in cadillac uh anymore and that she wanted to come up to Trevor city
1: fernando and arminda are now married and have two beautiful daughters Let's rewind. It's October 7th, 2012, and Fernando arrives in Traverse City with three suitcases, knowing no one. The next day, he starts his new job at one Web. He learns that it's a digital marketing company that had begun small in a basement, but had grown to a full-scale agency of around 50 people with some pretty big clients. And Fernando arrived at a pivotal moment for the company.
0: I was a part of this wave of... OneUpWeb reinventing itself to act more like a traditional agency. And I worked in the CEO's office along with a creative director. And we were this core team within the business development team that was trying to be this new version of OneUpWeb as the old OneUpWeb was still very much, you know, working and trudging along as normal. Fernando worked
1: hard and was promoted. He also let his ambitions be known to his boss.
0: And she had asked around, like, so what do you want to do here at One Up What? What's your goal? My answer was CEO, because, I mean, why not, right? Like, <laughs> what do you want to do? Top position.
1: Outside of work, Fernando loved living in Traverse City, but it was a pretty big change from LA and New York. So, Traverse City is, you know, a pretty homogenous area. It's <laughs> Sorry. Um, very white. Uh, I won't I won't hedge it. So what is it like? You know, what was it like sort of moving
0: there as a person of color from L.A.? It is homogenous. You are not kidding. It, it is the great white north. And in, in for a reason. But I have never felt as proud of my heritage as the way this community made me feel about it when I relocated here. You know, when you grow up in Los Angeles and you're Mexican, I mean, big deal, right? Um, so are 20 million other people that live there. When you move to New York and you're Mexican, big deal. It is like the melting pot of the world. But when you move to northern Michigan and you're Mexican, it's like, oh, really? And they start to tell me all their experiences with Mexican culture, what they love about it. And so that opportunity to be an ambassador of my culture, that was something that I was very proud of.
1: Fernando settled in and made friends, but at work, things were not going well with the reinvention of the company. Fernando says there was never a commitment at the top to let go of the old ways of working, which ultimately led to the downfall of his boss.
0: It felt so bad that she ended up raising her rates to try to generate more revenue. Cause that was really the driver of all this is to make more money. And when that wasn't happening, she just decided that she was going to put her entire book of business on notice, raise rates and deal with the fallout after that. Well, she underestimated the fallout on the client side. And then also on the employee side and which was healthy size of 52, a healthy book of business to now you have 20, 21 employees and, you know, you've lost 40% of your clients. And so I think in that moment, she realized that it was time for her to exit stage left um, and to write her final chapter the way that she wanted to. And I provided an opportunity to do that.
1: And so she asked Fernando that question. Did he want to take the reins of the company?
0: I just remember saying, can I just get a day to think about it? She handed me a, a packet of financial documents and said, here you go, something to help you with that. I made a couple of phone calls and I said yes.
1: At 34, Fernando Meza became the owner and CEO of one Up Web, And again, in true Fernando style, things got off to an
0: interesting start. It was day one for me on the job. And one of my colleagues rushed down and just said, there's smoke coming out of the riser room. Now, I had no idea what the f*** the riser room was. And so I said, okay, um, can you show me where the riser room is? You could see that there was a little bit of smoke coming out. And I remember my colleague was just like lightly like touching the door. (laughs) And then he just opens up the door. The moment that that door opened, the boiler that was in there caught on fire. (laughs) So my colleague was very quick and found a fire extinguisher and quickly put out the fire. But the fire department told us that we all had to evacuate. 20 of us huddled around in the parking lot just waiting for the fire department to tell us to go back inside. So that was day one of my ownership here at OneUpWeb.
1: Since then, OneUpWeb has gone from strength to strength. In 2015, the company relocated to a new office space in the Grand Traverse Commons, a famous old state hospital turned into a village in the midst of Traverse City. OneUpWeb's revenue and headcount have gone up too. Fernando now runs an agency of 46 creatives.
0: It's been a healthy company. And even as we talk right now, I mean, we're in the throes of this pandemic. I feel very grateful to have this business that works in helping businesses go online, which if you have a business and it has that as a spoke to its business, you're faring a lot better than other businesses right now.
1: Fernando credits his great staff for the company's success, but believes its location is a big advantage too.
0: Being in Northern Michigan where the cost of doing business is, is a lot lower, but then you compete on a national scale for business, you could see that your margins are a little bit better. It's the internet. We work on the internet. And as long as we have a reliable internet connection, we can work from anywhere.
1: But for Fernando, Traverse City is not just anywhere. And right now, it feels like it's all come full circle for him
0: my family of origin this person that i was when i was growing up being put in this position of having to figure things out and having to navigate a a unit through something that's unfamiliar is something that i felt very familiar with you know and so i always knew that challenges were just something that were momentary that there was always a solution to a challenge we just needed the right minds to be able to come up with the right solution to figure things out
1: So did that mentality of being able to adapt and figure things out, did that help when the boiler exploded?
0: (laughs) You know what's funny about that? I think all I did was just stand there. (laughs) And just let it all play out in front of me, right? And just, you know, like, all right, whenever it's my turn to do something, I will do it. Otherwise, I'll just support the people that, that need to feel supported.
1: That's great. Yeah. I I think lots of people have said true leadership is just
0: standing there watching. That's uh, Yep. I think I've heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually the working title of my new book.
1: (laughs) Creative Coast is a podcast series brought to you by Traverse Connect the Grand Traverse region's economic development organization, and is produced by Maria Byrne and myself for our company, Heirloom Media, that's spelled A-I-R. And our composer is the wonderfully talented Josh Hoisington from Traverse City. This podcast series is made possible thanks to generous support and funding from the Michigan Film and Digital Media Office at Michigan's Economic Development Corporation. You can visit Traverse Connect's website at traverseconnect.com.